Welcome in, everyone. I am Robertson Beyer of Fan Sports. Sitting virtually across from me, as always, is Benjamin Parker. How are we doing tonight, Ben? I'm doing good, man. Um, shout out to Folgers, who's providing me the coffee tonight, and to Hall's Relief, providing me the cough drops tonight, trying to keep me from choking up. They are not advertisers, by the way. But um, Halls and Folgers, if you wish to uh, submit your uh, proposal, we'll consider it. All right. But I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Love the sponsorship opportunities. You know, please, please hit us up. Uh, yeah, we'll think we are about the, it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are the Odds on Favorites. Uh, please go follow us on Twitter at Odds on Favorites. We're glad to have you in tonight. Um, also, please rate and review us. That would really help, especially if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um. Ben, I'm going to start out the show a little bit differently today. You don't know about this. Actually, I just told you 30 seconds before I started recording. We're going to start out the show a little bit differently. I just want to know really quickly, we get to some silly stuff usually later in the show, but we're going to start off this way. What was your favorite TV show growing up as a kid? Oh, gosh. I I could give you 30, but let's let's start off with a classic. And I know it's controversial, but I, you know, I love G.I. Joe, the cartoon from the 80s. We would get up. That was the one show we would get up at 6 o'clock Saturday morning to watch. Um, we would wake up my dad. He would drag the TV from the living room to the bedroom just so <laughs> we could watch G.I. Joe at 6 o'clock on Saturday mornings. And I get it. That show didn't have, wasn't perfect, but, you know, still, for me as a kid. Um, man, let, listen, uh, Tiny Toons, uh, Looney Tunes, uh, The yeah. Flintstones. I mean, it, somebody stop me. There we go. I like to hear that. That those are Those are awesome shows. And we were just talking about Tom and Jerry. That was one of my favorite old time like uh, cartoons. There, that was that was one of my favorites. But my yes. my favorite is probably it has to be SpongeBob. Honestly, like I'm just <laughs> you know, it's got to be SpongeBob. I mean, there's other ones that are absolutely great, but like go to go to. I quote SpongeBob on the daily. Like me and my siblings will just like go SpongeBob quotes back and forth to each other. So you know that that's the best one. <laughs> Let me tell you. I have watched more SpongeBob episodes since I crossed the age of 40 than I ever did at any previous, <laughs> you know, age of my life because my kids love SpongeBob too. Well, for me, it's not even the new ones. Like, it was the first, like, two or three seasons for me. After that, like, I did it, it was pretty much unwatchable, at least in my opinion. Like, the ones, like, after they made uh the movie like the episodes that released after the movie was made in like 2004 2005 they were just bad okay. they were just bad at least in my opinion like I, i'm sure a lot of people be like oh what about this what about that like okay maybe but like in general it's just not very good i haven't watched it that much but i mean listen for, for me personally any cartoon from 1955 to 1995 is a piece of art and anything after that i'll still consider i'm open to it oh yeah there was I'll fill you in, Ben. After the show, I'll fill you in on, on a few of these few of these shows that you know you should definitely introduce your kids to. Um, Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 they're they're good. Yeah, I they're not perfect. They're not perfect, but no right. no show is so. All right, enough of that nonsense. Let's get to at some actual football. Okay, uh, it was week thirteen of the NFL. It was an interesting week, and I'll get into possibly the most uh, – it was at least the most interesting outcome. Uh, it was the uh, Commanders at the Giants. Uh, it ended in a tie, 2020. Um, it was – 2020 is a strange year. This game was a strange game. Uh, it didn't really feel like uh, either team won or lost, which they didn't. Like It, it, it felt like 
Both teams had several opportunities to win, and they also gave the other team several opportunities to win. Like they, they, they were just like, "No, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it." It was like a hot potato game, and then they both just kind of blew up. So, um, Ben, can you just tell me about this game a little bit? Um, what did you see? I I have plenty to say about it, but uh, I'll I'll let you go before I start rambling. I'll be brief. So let me talk about myself first. Uh, <laughs> this. I, I went four and two this week. I think you did the same. Vegas went yeah. three and three against the spread at the time at the time we picked these games. This game here would have let me go five and one because we had it right. <laughs> we knew this was going to be close, right? We said it. Yep. We said this is going to be a really, 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 really close game. Guaranteed. There's no way either team runs away with this game. And it was a tie. So yeah, unfortunately, listen, the commanders should have I, I say they should have. The commanders should have had a better plan to go into this game. They should have executed better. They should have been less sloppy. They should still be rolling, and they're not, and it's kind of sad. But, uh, you know, I picked them to win by two and a half. They end up with a tie. Uh, hats off to Brian Dable and the Giants. They keep finding ways. They shouldn't be doing this. They just should not be capable of this. But they keep finding ways to stay in these games and to have a winning record and this week to eke out a tie. This was a very back-and-forth game. The momentum swung in the commander's way in the first half. End of second quarter, like beginning of third quarter, was uh, even into the fourth quarter, it was all all Giants. I think they went on like 20-3 to three runs, something like that. And then once we got to like last few, few minutes of the fourth quarter, it swung back to Washington. And then overtime happened, and nobody wanted to win the game. Um, I hate saying the refs decided the game, but they really did. They screwed over the Giants on that one uh, penalty where the the center f- uh, flexed on a couple of our defenders, um, knocked him out of field goal range. Um, you know that that's a rough call. You know the Giants could have put pretty much put the game away for all intents and purposes. Um, on the flip side, uh, there was a egregious, in my opinion, egregious pass interference penalty that the flag was thrown. And it's a judgment call. Um, but then they discussed it. They discussed a judgment call, which you don't really do, especially on pass interference calls, and they picked up the flag. And it had that penalty been called, had that pass interference been called, it would have been commander's ball at the one with like I I, I don't remember. It was like I don't I don't know what, what point of the game it was, but it would have changed the changed the outcome of the game, more likely than not. Um Heineke's got to make some better throws. He was he was outstanding the last couple of minutes. You know, he pulled off Heineke magic. It's still there. It hasn't run out yet. But um, And then in overtime, you go to overtime, Curtis Samuel has a 21-yard run, gets the ball to the Giants 40, and we end up punting because of just poorly executed plays. Um, so I don't th- – <laughs> neither team really deserved to win, and it turns out that neither team did. So it, it was did. kind of fit. It was kind of fitting. So uh, a rematch in two weeks that I will be attending. So I'm excited for that. Can't wait Let's to hear move about on. it. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll hear about it if I can still talk by the time we record. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the game. I got totally wrong, but uh, I wasn't completely wrong. Uh, A.J. Brown uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, got the Titans GM fired because uh, he he destroyed his old team, uh, the Tennessee Titans, the Eagles routes. The Tennessee Titans, 35-10. Um, 
Ben, I believe I said last week that I wasn't a huge believer in the Eagles. And there was just something there that I wasn't seeing. Uh, that is no longer the case. I apologize. Even though they are a rival of mine, I apologize. You know, we still beat you. So I, I, I can still say that. Um, but I apologize. You know, you guys are the real deal. I still believe you are the best team in football. Um, you know, over the over the Cowboys and over the Vikings, as far as the, sorry, best team in the NFC. Retract that. NFC, not NFL. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think, if Patrick Mahomes were to tear his ACL today, you know, God forbid that happened. If he were to tear his ACL today, the MVP award would go to Jalen Hurts. Um, The Eagles just continue to keep impressing. And the Titans, I don't really even know what happened to the Titans. Ben, uh, maybe you can try to explain it to me a little bit. The, the Eagles are back to playing offense, which was important. The same offense we saw earlier in the season, that's important. Because the, the Titans have, have held teams down this year, scoring-wise, but a lot of that's because they've been able to run the ball and kind of run the clock out, playing some tough defense. But the back end of that secondary, it, it's got some bright spots. It's not great. The Eagles were able to score. That limits what the Titans can do rushing the football with, with Derrick Henry. And they really weren't having success doing that anyway. So the Eagles were able to crowd the box, play good defense, stop Henry from getting into long runs, which, by the way, several teams have done now. So you're starting to see that Titans offensive line, which has been better than we all expected, but it's not strong enough to bully people around. So that's what you're starting to see there. The Eagles rolled in this game. Hats off to the Eagles. Excellent shot here. Titans can still have a good season. But again, Eagles offense puts pressure on the other team's offense to score. And their defense was hanging in there against the Titans' offensive line that just can't push people around. I'm not going to take any credit away from the Eagles, but I do have one bone to pick. Um, I think it was the first A.J. Brown touchdown. Um, I don't know if you saw the route. In the highlight, there's nobody around A.J. Brown. Like, he's got 30 yards green grass between him and the next Tennessee defender. Right. I don't know if you saw the replay to that that play, Ben, but uh, it's an – the route is, you know, uh, A.J. Brown is lined up on the left side of the formation, uh, split out wide, and it's an out and up. The route is an out and up, and, like, it's a double move route. And so when he goes out, uh, Logan Ryan, I believe, was the corner for the Titans. He tries to undercut, you know, to, on the double move. And then when A.J. Brown goes up, they collide. But it wasn't like an accidental collision. AJ Brown just trucked him. And it was like <laughs> and it was like 10 yards, 10, 15 yards down the field. And I guess no ref decided to look at that. You know, you could say, oh, well, you know, the Logan Ryan like initiated contact. Now go go back and rewatch it. He he did not initiate contact. AJ Brown literally like went extended arms, trucked him, and then just sprinted downfield. But that's I I'll I'll leave that there. Um, you know. Just a little bit of salty there, saltiness there. <laughs> All right. Um, next game that we covered was uh, Vikings at the, or sorry, Jets at Vikings. Um, I don't really know what happened in this game. I know Mike White threw two interceptions and threw the ball fifty-seven times, and they s- still only lost by five points. I don't know exactly what the flow of the game, but um, I don't know why they had. Mike White threw the ball 57 times. I mean, I guess if you're going to a, you know, the a week 
secondary with the Vikings. You know, we've we've criticized their defense uh, recently. Sure, but it's Mike White at the same time. Uh, he had a good week last week, but that that just didn't really seem like the game plan. I love it actually. I I've for so many years. I'm going to pull up, pull out my old man card here. For so many years, I've watched teams in college and the NFL bring out their backup and just try to shorten the game and just try to kind of hang around and, and nothing happens. So I like it when teams bring in a backup and they kind of stay aggressive. Now, 57 passes is a little bit excessive, right? But I start to wonder, um, the Jets running backs, we already know they're kind of down to second and third string. So I wonder even how healthy they were, even if they're on the field. That may or may not have contributed. This was a game I got right but shouldn't have. The Vikings should have lost this game. The Jets were right there at the end with a chance to win it. They just didn't do it. Uh, Mike White is giving them a chance. He's making enough throws. He's he's aggressive enough, and he's making enough plays to give them a chance to win. But the coaching staff here, I'm very impressed with the Jets coaching staff that they're able to come up with ways to keep this team in games in spite of the injuries that they're getting hit with. They're, they're getting just about as many injuries as some of the other worst teams in the NFL are getting hit with. And yet they're continuing to find ways to be in this. Um, but the Vikings, you know, to their credit, Vikings held on for a victory. Uh, they shouldn't have, though. The Jets should have won this game right there on the goal line at the end. That's kind of been their MO this season, the Vikings. Um, you know, yes. winning winning when they probably shouldn't or just doing the bare minimum to get by situationally to, like, just yes. make one one extra play than the other team in order to to seal the win. Um, we'll see if it can withstand. I'm not trusting of them. I'm not trusting Edgar Cousins still. Um, I think they're very vulnerable. I think they're out for, uh, in for a first-round exit. Um, moving on now to uh, Dolphins at 49ers. I thought this was going to be a little bit more of a higher-scoring game for the Dolphins, at least. The 49ers put up points, but the Dolphins did not. Um, maybe we saw Tua kind of return or regress back to the mean a little bit. Um, also big news out of here. Jimmy G is more than likely out for the season. There was a report that came out today that's that was saying that oh he's only out seven to eight weeks. Do the math. That's pretty much the rest of the season. Like unless the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl, then he might play in that game. But at that point, why would you mess with the flow anyway? Um. You know, I don't really know about that situation per se, but um, Dolphins lose a game that they should have won when you look at the circumstances. Um, you know, Ben, like, did they just face a really good defense? You know, I mean, the 49ers are an elite defense, but at the same time, you know, Dolphins want to take that next step. They got to they gotta win these big games against these good defenses. So um, what can you tell me about, there about the, the Dolphins? It bothers me that the Dolphins didn't get this game closer and couldn't win, considering that Jimmy Garoppolo went down. That bothers me a lot. I'm trying to evaluate them. But I will say this is a bad matchup for the Dolphins for this reason. We talked about it last week. Excellent defense for the 49ers, but they're especially good at stopping the run. They are the best in the NFL at stopping the run. They basically just shut it down. You can try, like the commanders did against the Eagles a few weeks ago, and you're going to get your two and a half, three yards of carry, basically. But, you know, that's not the most efficient way to do it, especially when you've got uh, Tyreek Keel and Waddle. Waddle was injured the second half, so that kind of takes away an option for the Dolphins. And then the 49ers compress the clock. They don't get the quarterback as well as, say, the Cowboys do, 
but the 49ers compress the clock that the quarterback has to work with. So if you're the Dolphins offense, you've got an offensive line that's already missing your best left tackle. Um, you've got a, a running game that you'd like to use, but it's going up against a team that doesn't allow rushing yardage. And then that leaves you with a quarterback with less time than he's used to to basically throw to Tyreek Hill and Mark Gaseki against a, a halfway decent 49ers secondary, but very good 49ers linebackers. So bad mix there for the Dolphins. But, yes, it does bother me that they weren't able to make a better showing considering that they maybe have some Super Bowl aspirations at this point. Do you give them much of a chance now to maybe surpass the Bills for the division? For the division, I don't think so. To me, it looks like the Bills are back on track. And I think the Dolphins maybe have taken just the slightest step back, if any. But if the Dolphins are healthy, that is if they have their left tackle back and if they have if they if, if Waddle's healthy back to full speed, then I give them at least a you know, at least a dark horse chance at making a serious run in the playoffs, maybe even including all the way up to the Super Bowl. I agree, honestly. I I like I said before, um, I just think it's going to depend how well this offense translates to cold weather uh, environments. Um, I think it can. I just I need to see it before I you know make that determination whether I consider them legit like Super Bowl threats. Can they go into Buffalo? Can they go into Kansas City and win in cold environments? To me, that's I need to see that first before I can take them serious, super seriously. I think they are Absolutely. threats, but like not a serious threat. Um. Let's go to the game that I just picked, you know, at random. I picked the Raiders to beat the Chargers. I'm happy yep. I did because the Raiders <laughs> beat the Chargers. I told you last week I have no reason for picking them. I'm just going to go with it. And somehow it wor- worked out for me. Um, the Raiders are rolling right now. Um, you know, it, they're still long shots to make the playoffs, but they're they're staying, they're hanging in there. Um they're only, I think, two games out, and the Jets, you know, they have their situation going on, so it's not totally impossible. Um, now they hold a tiebreaker with the with the with the Chargers. Um, it's going to be a long shot, but can they do it? Can they do anything? And what's going on? Does does Staley last the season for the Chargers at this point? I think Staley lasts the season, and because they're having so many injuries. It's probably 50-50 as to whether or not he makes it to next year. But the injuries at least give him something he can talk to the front office about and say, hey, look how many injuries we got. A lot of people were already thinking the Raiders would win this game. As the week went on, the line moved from – the Raiders were, were favorite at one point, I think maybe last Sunday before – a week before the game, right? Mm-hmm. Quickly, the Chargers became, I think, a two-and-a-half point favorite. And we don't usually see the line flip like that. And the major reason for it was the injuries to the Chargers. I don't even know who all they had. I think three of their offensive linemen were out, including one that we already knew, Rashawn Slater, for the season. But I think Mm -hmm. their center was out. I think they were missing somebody else. Uh, I I forget if Bosa played that game or not. But the Chargers' injuries are just racking up. I mean, they're they're all over the place. Even the guys that are coming back, like the wide receivers, they're not at 100%. They're at 70 80 85%. So it's a horrible mix for the Chargers, who even when healthy aren't playing very well. I mean, so a lot of people already picked the Raiders to win. Uh, We picked them to win, both of us. We got it right. Um, Raiders looking very sharp right now. And, oh, by the way, they get to go play the Rams next week. So good for them. (laughs) With uh, potentially Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Baker Mayfield. (laughs) (laughs) 
I seriously wonder, total tangent here, I seriously wonder how many jobs that man's going to get in his, whatever is remaining of his NFL career. It, it's yes. it's kind of crazy, honestly. Like, that, that, that did, he's got talent, sure, but he's a, he's a cancer no matter where he goes, honestly. He's not Jimmy, or, uh, sorry, Johnny Manziel type of cancer, but he's still pretty, pretty bad. Um, and then probably the game of the week, which ended up being game of the week, uh, in my opinion, uh, Chiefs at the Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow holds on. Uh, Joe Cool, uh, my guy here, uh, making my Mahomes pick look a little bad for uh, for MVP. Um, but man, Joe Cool, I I didn't watching the game. I I thought you know what? Okay, he he's probably Mahomes is probably going to pull this out, but it never happened. And Joe Burrow just kept making throw after throw. I mean, there was a drop touchdown even. It was right in uh, Tyler Boyd's hands. It, it could have even gotten worse had he caught that. So um, is there a chink in the in the Chiefs' armor a little bit? Um, and how legit are the Bengals? Sell me on the Bengals, finally. Like, I am ready to be sold on them. I want you to sell me off, Ben. I'll say this. Yeah, I, I haven't changed my feeling on the Bengals since the since the offseason. I would not pick them to return to the Super Bowl, but they can get to the playoffs and they can win a game or two. They're and they're incredibly dangerous. Now and, and that hasn't changed. It's not going to change for me. That's just the way I feel about Cincinnati. Um moving over to the Kansas City side, I don't I hate to say chinks in the armor because there's no super obvious weaknesses, but there's some areas that they are you can attack them at. And the one is their defense. They do not have a dominant defense. They have it all year. They won't for the rest of the season. You can run the football on this Chiefs defense. You can't push them around, but you can run the football on them. Their secondary is is decent, but it's not going to shut anybody down. And with right wide receivers like like the Bengals have, that's going to give the Chiefs problems. And then that that Chiefs offensive line, which is just a little bit banged up at the moment. Um it's a good offensive line. It, it's not the best. They've got some weak links there, too, that they constantly have to make up for with fullbacks and tight ends. They do it. That's why you're seeing the condensed kind of shrunk in formations from the Chiefs so often this year and last year is that they, they are not always able to hold their own against a good pass rush. And in this case, with, with a reader on the inside for the Bengals able to get pressure on Mahomes, certainly that affected it. So Chiefs are beatable. They have been all year. Teams just haven't done it. Um, the Bengals are uh, – there's not much difference between these two teams, right? These two teams are very close, and we saw it in this game. You know, for the past five, six years, pretty much ever since Travis Kelsey took over as, like, the solid number one tight end, nationally you might be able to name the Chiefs' backup tight end just because they were on TV so much. Now you could probably name all four tight ends, maybe even <laughs> five. Right. Like if I tried hard enough, I could probably name them all. Like at least know the numbers. Like they're they're playing three tight end sets like crazy. And it, 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 your points, yeah, they make sense, but like it's just a different type of offense that the Chiefs are running and it doesn't concern me. I still like Patrick Holmes winning MVP, I'm just saying that. I still like him to win MVP. Um I still think they should be favorites, but the the Bengals are dangerous. I agree with you. The Bengals are dangerous. When Joe Mixon comes back, Samaje P. Ryan's got momentum swinging his way. He's been playing out of his mind recently. Uh, Jamar Chase is back. Um, they're getting healthy. I, I'm, 
I like the Bengals to now win the division over the Ravens. I'm not sold on the Ravens at all, especially with Lamar Jackson now out for probably, I, th- I think, a few games. Um, yeah, I like the Bengals to win the division. I like him to win. I, I like him to get to the AFC Championship game. I really do. Um, they're a dangerous team. Very dangerous. All right. If unless I am mistaken, I believe that was all the games that we uh, that we covered last week. Um, yes. All right. So we did a segment last week that was uh, that we got some good feedback on, which thank you for everyone that uh, provided us feedback and complimented our segment last week. Um, it was a would you rather or like an either or type of type of deal where I give Ben two 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 different bets and he has to pick one which one he would rather make. All right, so first one I got for you. Uh, this week coming up, um, would you rather take this bet? The highest scoring game of the week is going to be Minnesota at Detroit, which is a plus uh, three hundred thirty. Or would you rather take the uh, bet of the lowest scoring game is going to be uh, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, and that is a plus 350? Oh, I'll take the Baltimore-Pittsburgh pretty easy. That's going to be an <laughs> ugly game, man. I think the over-under is, what, 37 for that? I um, believe so. It's it's, it's pretty low. The, it's not the lowest over-under we've had this year, but it's pretty close. I think we had a 35 at one point. Um, but <laughs> this is going to be an ugly game, man. I mean – there's always a chance, right, that Kenny Pickett throws for a few yeah. touchdowns. and But there, there's almost no chance that both of these offenses light it up to get 20 points each. So looking at the other slate of games, there's a couple of ug- other ugly games on the schedule. But, yeah, now nah, give, uh, <laughs> give, me, give me the Steelers and Ravens to do, you know, put out a 13-7 to 7 score here possibly. <laughs> possibly. We can see that, but I- – I, it always bothers me a little bit that we get these games that we think are going to be like super low scoring, and then those turn out to be the shootouts. Yes. I could totally see that happening. With it'd probably be Tyler Huntley as quarterback. Um, and hey, Kenny Pickett, he just keeps getting better every week. Um, he's not putting up outrageous numbers, but he just keeps getting better. And it wouldn't put it past me with this Ravens defense that is that has been questionable this year. For him to maybe have a breakout game, and it's in Pittsburgh, so you know you never know. It's a, it's always a, it's, it's a high intensity game every time they play, especially in Pittsburgh. So, um, I'm gonna take the other side of that. I'm a, I would place it on uh, Minnesota and Detroit, uh, being the highest scoring game, uh, of the week. Next one, would you rather bet that the Commanders make the Super Bowl at 3,500 or the Patriots make the Super Bowl at plus 6,000. Now, just a little context here. Each of these teams are the currently ranked eighth in their conference. They're like one spot out from making the playoffs. So it's they have to fight to get in. Um, if you had to ask my opinion, which you probably wouldn't anyway, but I'm just going to give it to you anyway. Um, I would give the Commanders a, uh, a, a a better chance to make the playoffs at least than the Patriots, but I want to know which which bet you take. If I put the money into it, it's pretty close, right? Because the odds there's such long odds there on the Patriots, yeah. and I stand to win a lot more, right? So right. if I'm already 
if I'm already going to bet a long shot, put some money on it, why not take the biggest long shot? But for me personally, watching the Commanders the past few weeks, I, I'm going to pick the Commanders very easily because even when the Patriots were playing good defense, and they have the past several weeks, even played decent defense against the Bills on Thursday night, uh, they just don't have enough offense to pull it off against, say, Cincinnati and Kansas City and Baltimore and Miami and uh, uh, I'm leaving somebody else out, but you get you get to the idea right, there yeah. on the AFC side. The NFC side, you could, in theory, talk yourself into the idea that maybe the commanders who get hot find a way to, to work their way through the NFC by some stroke of luck, but I, I, I think there's zero chance of that on the, uh, on the AFC side. <laughs> I agree with you there, and it's only because on the AFC side, you have so many good quarterbacks. You have Mahomes, you have Burrow, you have – if Jackson, if he was healthy, I don't know if he'll be healthy for the playoffs or not. You have Jackson, Tua's was playing out of his mind this year. Um, trying to think of other quarterbacks that are in the AFC. Um, oh, Josh Allen, duh. You have so many good quarterbacks. And on the NFC side right now, you have Tom Brady, who is probably going to – win the division, uh, the uh, NFC South. And outside of that, you have Jalen Hurts, who's playing at a high level, but then there's Dak, her cousins, uh, Geno Smith, who are playing, they're all playing well, but it, they're not invincible. They're not these top five level quarterbacks. So they're gettable, and the commanders have a good defense. So if I had to bet, I'd bet the commanders to make the Super Bowl. Is it going to happen? Probably not, but, you know. Fun we'll to think see. about. It is fun to think about. Okay, next one. Um, on the season, the Jets getting over nine nine and a half wins, so they pretty much you're betting ten wins at plus one thirty five, or the Steelers over seven and a half at um, I think it was plus one twenty. Oh, that's a good one right there. I yeah. oh boy, that's can you tell me the money money odds again there the uh the odds on that. Okay, so it's the Jets to get 10 wins pretty much over nine and a half, so that's pretty much 10 wins at plus 135, or the Steelers over seven and a half wins, pretty much eight wins at plus 120. That, that's a good one. I, at this point, give me the Steelers. They're, they're working their way into it. Mike Tomlin just doesn't have losing seasons, and even if he gets over seven and a half, he's at eight wins, he would have a losing season. But Tomlin's not going to give up on this season. Um, the Ravens, all of a sudden, whom they played twice, look very vulnerable and beatable, right? In fact, the Steelers right. are favorites this week. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, give me the Steelers there to get over that seven and a half. And I'm not trying to shade the Jets because I still like the Jets. They they could get some 10 wins. But uh, I think at the moment, give me, uh, give me Pittsburgh to get over that seven and a half. What's interesting is both of these teams to, to kind of like if you were to win these, both teams would have to win three games of the remaining four or five, however many it is. I think it's right. five, five, four for some, five for others. Um, they'd have to each team would have to win three, and Vegas is saying the Steelers are more likely to win three out of their last four or five or whatever than the Jets are. I think that's a little interesting. Maybe it's it's probably because of the quarterback situation, but you also have Kenny Pickett, who's a rookie, who's still pretty raw. I mean, he's improving week to week, but he's still he's still raw. I think that's interesting. It is, and I don't have the Jets schedule in front of me, but I'm going to assume. I already know they're playing the Bills this week. I'm going to assume that they're playing some combination of the 
Dolphins and the um and and the the Patriots. Um, so I would assume the Jets' schedule is a little bit harder now with the Ravens looking vulnerable that the Steelers have to get to play twice. I think I'm going to agree with you. I still I think I'm going to take the Steelers if I were if I was bet on this. I think I'd take the Steelers to get to eight, then the Jets to get to ten. Um, yeah, I just believe in Mike Tomlin. I believe that Kenny Pickett's still going to you know improve over the week. They got one of those wins is probably going to come this week against the Ravens. You know. No offense or anything, but I just think it's going to come against them. So, um, yeah, I'll take the Steelers on that one. Um, then the last one, it's a little silly. It's a little futuristic looking. Like, we're looking a little bit into the future here. All a right. little farther, farther than some of them. And I need you to put on your, your, college, your college hat for a second. Okay. So, the Detroit Lions... Currently, are set at five and seven. They are ninth in the NFC. They would pretty much have to win out to make to the playoffs. They are plus seven hundred odds to make the playoffs. Or would you take C.J. Stroud to be drafted first overall in the twenty twenty three draft? Me personally, I would jump on Stroud. Um, let's. That's let's at plus one fifty, by the way. Okay. Yeah. I let's start with the Lions. It, do they have a chance? Yes. That's that's a really long shot, right? They they've got yep. to be almost perfect down the stretch, and it's not that they're not playing great ball because they are. It's not that they're not dangerous because all of a sudden they are. But it's an awfully deep hole to get all the way back out of, and everything's got to go your way. On the on the flip side of things, Cedric, I I don't give out guarantees on anything, much less NFL draft picks. <laughs> but CJ Stroud has played very well for a couple of years now. He can throw. He can run. He's big. He looks like he can read defenses pretty well. There's there's really nothing he can't do. Um, and and there's a very, very good chance that he will be drafted number one. Now, could it be Bryce Young? Yes. Uh, could an NFL team like one of those other quarterbacks enough to just switch it up and, and do something different? Yeah, but there's a, there's a high percentage chance that C.J. Stroud gets drafted first. I'm going to disagree with you there for one reason. Sure. There are currently, I think within the past five, six years, there are still currently three Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't believe there's any Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Other than Joe Burrow, but he wasn't he didn't get hit he got a start there, but like he wasn't like the main starter there. You know what I mean? There's also Justin Fields. He was he was Ohio State. Oh, never mind. Okay, there's Justin Fields, but if you're looking at it, I don't know. When C.J. Stroud is throwing to two top five picks right now, you know, and you have Marvin Harrison and you have – I can't pronounce the guy's name, unfortunately. Maybe Jackson you can't. Smith and Jugba. <laughs> yep, there we go. That, to me, and Ohio State produces receivers out the yin-yang. I mean, so does Alabama. I'll, I'll agree with you there, but I'm not – I don't like either of these quarterbacks right now. I haven't – done my homework on them but I don't like either of these quarterbacks just like initial first look so my opinion on them is a little skewed I don't like either of them but I would be more inclined to take Bryce Young over CJ Stroud as it stands I could very well change that when we get into our draft stuff that we'll be doing later in the uh, late late winter early spring but I'm just going to say that right now I would take the Lions to make the playoffs because something crazy has got to happen towards the end of the year here I the Lions were the Cinderella team before the season. 
They're yep. long odds, but I like them. So <laughs> I am going to take the Lions to make the playoffs at plus 700. We're all rooting for you, Detroit. Just know that we're all behind you. <laughs> Actually, I'm not because if the Lions make the playoffs, it probably means the Commanders aren't. <laughs> we're all rooting That's what for it probably you, means. Robertson, who, who, who picked you just a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ben. I, that's enough silliness uh, from me. That's that's the end of, of that segment. Uh, why don't you go ahead and kick us off for uh, week 14. Uh, of the NFL. So several good games. Let's talk about seven of them. And, if, and, and Robertson, we didn't vet the list right before we came on air. So if one of them is a game that you weren't ready for, let me know, but we'll work our way through the list. The jets at the bills, yep. the line for this has vacillated between nine to nine and a half. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. gone up then down then back up again, over under 44 points. This is at Buffalo. What's your feeling on this game? See, this is a game that the Bills should probably win. And I'm going to pick them to win, but I'm going to pick the Jets to cover here, like taking the Jets plus the nine and a half. Um, this is a game that, like, you know, we saw um, we saw the, the Jets play a close game against the Vikings, but Mike White, he, he had 369 yards on 57 attempts. That's a lot of attempts. I don't anticipate that being the same game plan against the Bills. Um it it's hard to trust him. He's had one good performance, one bad performance. Um I don't really know what we're gonna get, but the Bills I I just don't trust them. If they go out and blow the blow out the Jets, who is still a very good defense for all intents and purposes, then I might change a little bit. The Bill I just I can't trust the Bills right now. They're 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 too volatile right now. Like games you think they should blow out or they should win they're they're just not winning them, or they're 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 playing them too close. I'll take the Jets to cover here. I'm basically there with you. Now my faith in the Bills is a little bit higher. I I think they have started to get back to the team we saw in the first half of the season, kind of like the Eagles have done the same thing. But the Jets are a good team. They this is not a team that you can just push around. Matter of fact, they might push you around. You know, they're they're tough. Yeah. They're physical. They're well coached. Uh, they have defensive guys all over the place, Quentin Williams and Ahmad Gardner, and just goes on and on who can who can do quite a number on you. Um, let's start with money. Wait for this line to get where you want it. Wait yep. and see if, if 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 you want it to go one direction, wait until it gets to ten and maybe jump on it. If if you want it to go the other direction, wait until it drops maybe to eight eight and a half and jump on it. Wait on this game, but for me, I like the Jets to cover just like you. I I, I don't really see. There's a chance the Jets could just win this game straight out. I don't think it's going to happen, but it did a few weeks ago. So um, I, I, give me the Jets to cover here, and I'm going to put one Imperial credit on this for all of our Star Wars listeners. Uh, last week, by the way, I came out plus three on Imperial credits. So right. I am now three. I now have three more credits than I started out with in my original investment. Jaguars at the Titans. Uh, This game here, and and again, this might be one of the games that you weren't prepped for, so if you don't want to make a pick here, you can just toss out some thoughts and we'll move on from it. Jaguars at the Titans. A lot of of messy stuff going on here. Titans have lost their general manager, so that can't make them all feel too good. Um, They got Derrick Henry, but teams are shutting Derrick Henry down the past few weeks. Um, The Jaguars, who we talked about it, should have a better record than they do, and yet eh, it just doesn't keep happening. So anyway. Jaguars at the Titans. 
Titans are now a three and a half point favorite. It was four, but the Titans have some injuries. So Titans at home, three and a half point favorites. If you asked me last week, like looking ahead to this game, I would have said the Jaguars, but the Jaguars just got blown out. Um, Trevor Lawrence did not look the, the best. Um, you know, ETN didn't look 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 the greatest. I think he was coming off a small injury though, so maybe that that affected him a little bit. I don't know that situation. Um, I'll take the Titans here. I don't really like the pick though. I because I think Trevor Lawrence is getting better, but. You know, you go up against the Lions, you should probably blow them out, and they just didn't, or like at least have a decent game, and and they didn't. So, I'm not 100 what sure of what to make of this. Um, I'll, I'll go with the Titans, but I'm not feeling confident. What did you say the line was? It's three and a half at the moment. It was four, but it has since moved to three and a half. If it was a little, if it wasn't that close, I might take the Jaguars to cover. But right now, I, I just I don't know. I don't. I don't feel good about picking the Titans, but uh, I'll pick them. You know, uh, like you said, Derrick Henry's been getting stopped by some people. Um, could that be scheme? Could that be he's slowing down a little bit? I don't think so. He's still a monster. Could it be lack of passing game with Tannehill and lack of weapons on the outside? That could very well be it as well. Um, yeah, I'll take the Titans. They're they're a scrappy team. Frable usually puts some good spots, um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Trevor Lawrence kind of have a bounce back game, a pretty good, uh, pretty good game against the, the secondary. They got torched against the Eagles this past week. I'm basically 100% there with you. This is a game I would just stay away from. I wouldn't put yeah. money on this. I'm not putting any credits on this at the moment. I think I take the, the Titans to win and cover that three and a half. But I don't feel great about that. I don't feel great about the three and a half. I don't feel great about the Titans. I don't feel great about the Jaguars. There's so many moving parts here. Yeah. There's injuries going on here for the Titans. How do the Titans feel? Um, the Jaguars, which team is going to show up? I, I will say this to the audience. If you think that the Jaguars can score off this defense, especially because they're starting to get some injuries, and that is possible, wait until the end of the week, see if that line continues to shrink, um, and then maybe you can get a more favorable jump on it here. Um, well, I'm starting to reverse my math here, so I apologize for the confusion. But anyway, if you think the Jaguars can win this game, uh, maybe take the over. It's at 41 and a half. The Jaguars would probably score a lot of points if they do win. Um, if not, if you think the Titans are going to run the ball and play tough defense, then leave the over under alone and just pick the Titans straight up. So sorry for my math confusion there, but that's my feeling on that whole game. I just a big mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a big mess. And I like the Jaguars' offense a little bit better than the Titans. Right now, I think the Jaguars have more weapons. I just don't know about Lawrence and the, the Tennessee defense. They do have some injuries, but um, it could be a messy game. It's a great point. Last I checked, Traylon Burks was, was hurt as well. Don't know if he'll be suiting up. So definitely watch your injuries on that game. Vikings at the Lions. Uh, this game here, this one's aggravating me a little bit. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you more about it in a second. But the line is moving all over the place. The Vikings were, I think, a three-point favorite uh, before this uh, before this week's action. Mm. And it has swung all the way around to where the Lions, last I checked, are a two-point favorite. So the Lions, who have, I think, a five and seven record, the Vikings, who are something like ten and two, the Lions are favored here to win now. It's a, it's a five-point swing. 
I uh, don't know if the Vikings left tackle Christian Darosaw will be playing or not coming off of uh, concussion protocol. What's your feeling? Um, it kind of shocked me uh, initially. I looked Sunday, uh, Sunday night, looking ahead, and I think it was, I think it was like a pick'em or it was like a a half point to the to the it Lions. Was. I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> and then I looked again this morning, and it was two and a half for the Lions. I'm like, holy. I was like, the Vikings are like. I was like, I double checked, make sure I was reading it right. I was like, because the Vikings still are ten, they still have ten wins, and the Lions only have five. I, yeah. I, I read that right. So, um, Jamison Williams is back. Uh, you know, maybe that makes that makes a big difference. Um, because like I said, I I know I've made it vocal before. As soon as he comes back, the Lions are going to be. Outstanding. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's already outstanding. Um, I like the Lions here. I do. I, I'm gonna go with the with the swing, uh, with the with the point swing. I'm gonna take the Lions here. I'm they're gonna win by more than two. Uh, this is a uh, another gut check game for the Vikings. I think. Uh, where they're gonna get bl- not blown out, but it's gonna be pretty uh, a, a convincing win for the Lions. Especially if Darisol's out, just line Hutchinson over whoever the backup is, and just have him eat, eat all game. Uh, just make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable. When he's uncomfortable, he's not on target, and he's just not the same quarterback. So, I'm gonna take the Lions here. Jared Goff's playing well. They're running the ball well with Swift and Williams. I love, I love the Lions here. Give me the Lions. This may be just the pick that the public is jumping on, but I'm, you know, I can't help but see it any different. Uh, give me the Lions to win. It's aggravated me that the line moved around so much before our yeah. show. I wish it had moved around after so I could look a little <laughs> smarter, but yeah. oh well, it didn't. I would have picked the Lions if they if the Vikings had been a three-point favorite, which they were at one point. I would have picked the Lions to win it even. And now that they're at two, two and a half, wherever it's at at the moment, I'm still picking the Lions to win and cover. Now we'll say this, let's talk money. If it starts to move up to three and three and a half, the Lions have to cover. That's where you might want to start to think about what do I want to do with my money here? Is there a better place to invest it? Because the Vikings are 10 and two for a reason. Now, you and I don't trust them at all. We've been waiting. We've been dying for a chance to pick against the Vikings. And here it is, the Detroit Lions, who have won four out of five and could have beat the Bills on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. But I like the, the Lions to win and cover at two or two and a half, probably not more. Um, and I'll put one Imperial credit on that. Because, again, the Vikings are 10-2 and two for a reason. And if watch the injuries, if Christian Darasau comes back healthy, uh, then, then that could provide the Vikings uh, a chance to score a lot of points as well against the Lions defense that has improved. Um, are you putting any Imperial credits on the over on this game at 53? Uh, at- I'm afraid to, and the reason why is my over-unders have been a disaster this year. That's I, I think I'm That's like – <laughs> I, I think I've picked seven of them, and maybe one of them has cashed in. The rest have been awful. So my thinking is, yes, if Christian Darasau is healthy, then Kirk Cousins has plenty of time to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. And the, the Vikings – most teams pass 30, right? But, uh, you know, my overrunners have been a disaster. So, full disclosure to the audience there. I'm not betting any Imperial credits. So, I, I'll just say I'm going to take the over on that one. I got nothing to lose. <laughs> okay. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ravens at the Steelers. Um, 
this this game has has seen a ginormous swing, but for obvious reasons. Lamar Jackson haven't heard the latest, but there's a very good likelihood he will not play in this game. And even if he did, I don't know how healthy he would be. So very good chance he's just going to miss this game altogether. The Steelers are now a three-point favorite to win this last I checked. Now, again, it's aggravating me to death. I was already thinking about picking the Steelers anyway because the Ravens' offense has kind of stuck stuck out loud the past few weeks, even with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, uh, But it's at Pittsburgh. They're a three-point favorite. How do you feel, all things considered? Um, I, I, I don't know how to feel because – I said earlier this could be one of these games that, you know, shocks us. It could be high scoring, but I don't see that happening. <laughs> like that was just like the the would you rather thing. If we're being real here, it could it could be one of those games, but I don't think either team is gonna eclipse like sixteen points. I think they'd be lucky to do that. Um you know, Tyler Huntley's is filled in well over the past couple of years when Lamar Jackson has been out. But something just weird is going on with the Ravens this year. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Uh, that game against Jacksonville, that was a really strange game. They kind of shot themselves in the foot. They've kept, they've repeatedly done that this season. Uh, I see this game being really no different. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Steelers here. I'm seeing right now that they're uh, they're at two and a half. Steelers are. So I would take that right now. If it moves up to three or three and a half, I might stray away from it. But uh, since it's at two and a half right now, I would take it. Um, and I'll take the under on that as well. It's at thirty-seven. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm. That's where I'm headed this week. Yeah, I like the under. And again, my over unders have been awful. But if I was going to pick an over under on any of these games this week, it would be on these two teams scoring less than thirty-five total points. I'm not going to do yeah. that. Um, I'm going to make my first conditional. A pick here as it sits with the with the Ravens being a two and a half point dog sorry let, let me rephrase it I'm going to pick the Ravens to cover if the line moves up to three and a half that is if the Steelers are favored by as much as three and a half later in the week I'm going to jump on the Ravens to at least cover that and I'll put one imperial credit on it if it stays where it is then I'll pick the Steelers to win and cover and I'm not going to put any credits on that at all. Uh, this is a tight game. This is going to be really tight. No matter who's playing quarterback for the Ravens, it, it's just going to be a tight game. And the Steelers have every right to think they can win this game. And at the moment, they should be the favorite, and they are. Um, that's the way I feel about that one. Eagles and Giants. This is in New York. The yep. Eagles were a six-point favorite. Last I checked, and it moved up to seven. Um, they're on a roll. But the Giants keep games close. So, where are you at on this one? Over-under is at 45. Um, it's going to depend on the health of the Giants' secondary. Adoree Jackson, or Adoree Jackson, however you want to say his name. Uh, my apologies there if I'm butchering that. Um, he was out last week, uh, or this past this past weekend against the Commanders, and it showed. Um, it, it, Taylor Heineke wasn't carving up the Giants, but their, their secondary got exposed at times. Um, they had they had called up somebody from the practice squad, and he was just getting beat all game long. Um, Jalen Hurts is a significantly better quarterback than Taylor Heineke. I think we would all agree with that. Uh, and A.J. Brown is no joke. He is having a fantastic season. He is coming off 
a few very good games. Um, and I expect that to continue. The Giants' front uh, concerns me a little bit as far as, like, can the Eagles really protect Hurts uh, long enough? But I think, you know, the Eagles have a really good offensive line, so um, it's not really going to bother me that much. The Giants are limited on offense. They have no weapons outside of Saquon. Um, and Slayton, I, I saw a stat during the game, uh, the Commanders game, Slayton has the second highest drop percentage of all receivers in the NFL. So, you know, that's just even more reason to like the Eagles here. Um, I think it right now the line's at seven. Um, I'll take the Eagles to to go over the seven there. I, I think they'll win by more than seven. It's 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 gonna get ugly for the Giants here. I'm in the same boat. You no, know, this is another line that bothers me. If I if I could have sneak peeked this thing a couple of days ago at minus six. I would have liked it better, but even so, I I have a hard time convincing myself that the Giants have much of a chance. I, they, they've always got a puncher's chance. I just don't think they've got a real significant chance to win this game. I think there's a much better chance the Eagles win by double digits, and I know the Giants don't get blown out much, and Brian Dable's doing a heck of a job coaching and kind of plugging holes with two hands. He's plugging 37 yeah. different holes, but this is the Eagles. They're, they're back on a roll here. Uh, can the Eagles be beat? Sure they can, but the Eagles are on a roll. Even though it's at New York, the Giants don't get blown out a lot. I just like the Eagles to cover the seven. I'm going to put one Star Wars Imperial credit on this thing. Uh, not two, but I'll put one on it to cover that seven points. If it drops down to six, six and a half, I'd like it a lot better because then I don't You're have right. to cover that whole touchdown, right? Right. But uh, still, I just think the Eagles are that much better than the Giants and the Giants are just playing their heart out. So I, I am so impressed by what the Giants have done. But I, I don't have a lot of faith in them here to uh, to stand up to the Eagles, really, uh, at the end of the day. Dolphins and the Chargers. Speaking of things that are messy. <laughs> oh, gosh. This opened up with the Dolphins uh, being a one-point favorite. It has since moved to three and now three and a half. I, I, yeah. uh, you know, this will continue to move, but it's at three and a half at the moment, last I checked. Dolphins a three and a half point favorite. Where are you feeling about the Dolphins and Chargers over under fifty two? Um, if it goes to four, I would take the Chargers to cover. But um, outside of that, I, I, I'm taking the Dolphins to win this game. The Chargers are just a mess. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see a little bit of an implosion here. Maybe not a losing record, but maybe like a nine and eight record. Um, I could very well see that happening, and that's not going to be enough to get into the playoffs, at least in the AFC. I wouldn't think. Um, plus, they have they they don't have a couple tiebreakers. They don't they don't have a lot of leverage going up against some of these teams here. So, um, I think Miami gets back on track here. The the Chargers, no, sorry, not the Dolphins. The Chargers are are still banged up. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Dolphins here. They're going to get back on track here. I, I like it. Um, and then what's the over-under in this game? It is 52. Um, I'll take the over. Yeah, I'll take it. This is a fascinating one. I, I've gone back and forth. I think I am going to put one Imperial credit on this, and here's why. I've got the Dolphins to win and cover at three and a half. I don't like that three and a half, so if you're talking real money here, Maybe wait and see if it drops, but I don't think it's going to because you mentioned that the Chargers' injuries. But that's another reason to wait. The Chargers have injuries all over the place. If, if they get an offensive lineman back, if they get a wide receiver back, if they get a defensive player back, 
that could change how this game goes. But in general, I still think it looks like this, basically what you just said. The Dolphins should get back on track. This Chargers defense cannot stop the run. They're one of the worst in the NFL, if not the worst, at stopping the run. The Dolphins, who couldn't run on the 49ers last week, should have not much problem running on the Chargers this week. And then that's going to open up uh, Tua's uh, time to throw down the field, whether it's play action or just straight up drop backs, whatever. So I like the Dolphins to win. I wish it wasn't three and a half because the Chargers don't get blown out much. They're in there fighting hard. Uh, but uh, I'll still take the Dolphins to win and cover at three and a half. I'm basically just right there where you are. Chargers don't look like they're going to do too much, Yeah, all things considered. But uh, the Chargers could still win this game. It's a dangerous game, but I think I will put one credit on it. Last game we're going to cover for the week, Buccaneers at the 49ers. <laughs> Monday night football, the Buccaneers were dead in the water. They had no yep. business even thinking about winning this game. But, you know, when you've got a guy like Tom Brady sitting back there, yeah. you do things like that. So they came back and won. They're at 6-6. Six and six. They, They're they going to be in the playoffs. They're going to win the division. Uh, yeah. what it, I don't know what they're going to do when they get there, but this week they're playing the 49ers who don't have Jimmy Garoppolo. Instead, the 49ers have Brock Purdy who is a rookie uh, and who has played exactly, I think, one NFL game in his career, and that was last week, and that was half the game. He didn't look bad, but, right. you know, I, I don't don't see a savior here. So, anyway, they were six-and-a-half-point favorites. It has dropped now. The 49ers are now a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Extremely low over-under here. This is one of yep. those other ugly games, 37-and-a-half. How do you feel about this one? Um. I'm going to take the Bucks here. Uh, I don't trust Brock Purdy until he shows me otherwise. Um, you know, and even if the 49ers do end up winning this game, that doesn't mean I trust Brock Purdy yet. Uh, the, the 49ers have an outstanding team, even with Brock Purdy. I, I think this is a close game. I think it's another low scoring game like the we're going to see with the Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, I think first to 20 wins it. Uh, I, but I just don't think anyone's going to get to 20. I think the highest score might be 19. Uh, and I'll take the Buccaneers. You know, Tom Brady, he's had a couple of these games where he just comes back when he, the Buccaneers have just been dead in the water and Brady just pulls one out of his you-know-what and just makes <laughs> makes stuff happen. And, um, yeah, I'll go final score uh, 19-16, so that would technically be the, the 49ers covering. Um yeah, I don't like that three and a half. It's just, it's, I don't think that it's going to, whoever wins, I don't think they're going to win by more than three points. So that that's, that's tough. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm taking four Niners cover if I'm saying that, but I would, I would hope the line moves a little bit for that. So, so I could just pick the uh, Buccaneers outright. There's a lot to unpack here. You already did some of it. I'll try to not dwell on it too long but I gotta say I'm already rethinking what you asked me in the middle of the episode about the Steelers and the Ravens being the lowest scoring game of the week now that I'm looking at this one right when I look at how bad the Buccaneers offense has been this year and how bad it was against an average Saints defense last week and the fact that they can't run the football in the first place they're sure as heck not going to be able to run it against this 49ers defense that means it's all on Brady, and you know I'd bet over. I'd bet on Brady against uh, Brock Purdy any day of the week. 
But I think the rest of the roster for the 49ers is just too good for the, for the Buccaneers to do anything with here. So there's a chance, I think, that the Buccaneers could get shut out in this game. And I know that's, I, I know that's weird to talk about, but we, we've seen it all year, right? They, they've come – they may have already been shut out once, but they've been awful close a couple of times now, including Monday night when they just, you know, right there at the end, yin-yang their way out of it. So I think the 49ers defense, when you combine it with the fact that the Buccaneers offense has been dreadful, just gosh awful, I, I, I'm going to pick the 49ers to win and cover that three and a half. You're right. I don't like the three and a half because maybe the 49ers don't score much either. It's an excellent Buccaneers defense. But I, I think I like the 49ers good enough to pick them to cover that three and a half. But like you said, maybe wait and see if it drops down to three or two and a half. I, I don't think it's going to, but maybe wait and see. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you like this scenario now? Instead of 1916, how about this for a scenario for you? 49ers are leading uh, with, with uh, three minutes and like 12 seconds left, and uh, they're leading nine to nothing. And then, you know, Tom Brady just, you know, goes down, gets like a touchdown in like 20 seconds. Uh, Brock Purdy throws like, you know, uh, uh, like a 50-yard bomb because he's freaking out. And it's a basically – it's an interception, but it's like a punt. And then uh, there's like, you know, whatever, 45 seconds left or, or whatever else. And the uh, Tom Brady will just take him right down like it's – vintage Tom Brady and score that uh, get him to field goal range and uh, whoever I think it's suck up will just hit the game winner right then and there. <laughs> I, about I think that we're setting ourselves up there? for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're just begging for it here. Yes. Um, and I'll Kyle say this. Shanahan will not be able to escape Tom Brady again. Yes. <laughs> the drama. <laughs> I, I'll say this. We have talked about a couple of crazy things that could happen. There's, there's, who knows this week of the playoffs. At some point this year, we are going to see a couple of just crazy jaw dropping, who to thunk it type of things. It's been that kind of a wacky year. And you just kind of feel like it's one of those kind of seasons where we're going to see some really weird stuff going down the stretch and maybe in the playoffs. And who knows? I, who knows what's going to happen? This this game is begging for something like that, right? Absolutely. It, it, it really is. We're going to see some really weird stuff. It's either going to be the most exciting game like in the fourth quarter, or this is going to be like the most boring game we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. Any more football talk before we uh, wrap up the show? Uh, no, I'm excited to see what you got for me this week. I'm, is it another Star Wars question? Are we returning to our to our island where I'm currently suffering? Uh, you know, I'm excited to see what you got for me. We're, we're going to return to the island. And, and for those of you who have listened before, I apologize. I'm going to explain it again for, for new listeners who have stuck with us for this long in the episode. Robertson, our co-host here, has found himself on an island. Don't know where, don't know for how long, but he's he's there by himself. And there's a couple of palm trees there with a little bit of shade. And it's not too cold or too hot. It just it's an island out in the middle of nowhere. And he's he's been granted some some choices on his island and, and he's got unending amount of sandwiches. He can eat all the sandwiches he wants. He can mm-hmm. through another choice that he made, he can read all the books he wants. 
uh, unending supply of books. And through another choice that he made, he's going to miss sports for about six and a half, seven months out of the year. But he will get, through his own choosing, he will get all the playoffs of all the major sports, every single game, every single play. He can even DVR them and watch them throughout the day if he wants to. So he basically he watches sports all day, every day for five and a half or six months. And then the other, you know, six and a half, seven months, however that works out, he reads books all day. <laughs> He's been asking for fire. And this brings us to today's episode. And, and uh, we didn't visit him last week. We left him out there for Thanksgiving. But uh, he's been asking for fire. And so we decided, I'm the kind of, by, by the way, it just hurts me deeply that you said you were suffering out here on this island. I mean, <laughs> you have sandwiches, you have books, you have all the playoffs. You probably don't watch that many playoffs currently in your, in your current life, right? And you're suffering. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's no there's no playoffs going on right now. So I'm, I'm bored. I've read all the books I've wanted to read. You know, um, for context sake, when I made the book choice, right, I said, oh, all the books I could want. Great. I'll choose books I don't want that way. That's easy firewood thinking survival. You know, the survivalist in me was like, hey, use resources where you can get them. Or if I read the book and I didn't really like it that much, boom, right into the fire it goes. You know, I'll cook. a, will I'll make a grilled cheese sandwich, you know, one day. It was a multifaceted decision. And Ben was like, no, you don't get fired. So go ahead. I, I want to hear this option. Uh, unfortunately, there's also no gratitude on this island. You know, I mean, <laughs> no playoffs, no gratitude. I don't know, man. Maybe we'll just disappear for a few weeks, come back. I, you know. But tonight, let's talk about fire, okay? Uh, if you want fire, I'm willing to give it to you, but it's going to be some kind of a trade-off, okay? Mm. We're not just going to give you fire. Uh, it's not going to be that easy, but I'm happy to give it to you. If it's that important to you, here it comes. If you want fire... I will give it to you in a trade-off, and this is the trade-off. You have to give up all of your books, so your books vanish completely. And then oh, it, you, you still get your sandwiches and your playoffs. They stay, okay? okay? I'm not taking away the worst stuff. you got to eat and you got to watch sports, right? I get it. Priorities. Oh, yeah, but, the important things, yeah. But in turn, uh, also, you're going to have your first visitor to the island. Oh, God. I'm not going to name the person. You could even pick the person. Don't say but Kanye, gonna... please. Don't put me in that situation. <laughs> it's going to be somebody. And again, I, you know, I'm not going to name any names because I don't want somebody to unhappily write our show and tell us they're not listening to us anymore. We, we need all the listeners we can get at the moment. But it's going to be somebody who is very annoying. Now, you know, mm. it's not going to be like a dictator who will kill you or an assassin who will kill you in your sleep. It's not going to be that. But you think of the most annoying person you can possibly think about or the five most annoying people, probably a politician, right, who we won't name because uh, we don't want to go down that yeah. road. But think about the five most annoying people that you could possibly share time with. And one of them is going to bring the fire to your island and is going to live with you on this island for an unforeseeable amount of time. <laughs> is it worth it to you? Okay. L let me Let me just – Okay. By all means. <laughs> Please do. So if I allow this person on my island. Yes. Can I do. Okay. Do I have any other resources besides sandwiches and books and a TV with a remote? I, I currently know. 
Oh man. Okay. Is there promise of duct tape in the future? Uh, no. <laughs> There's no promise of duct tape. What about uh some rope? Is there any rope in the future here coming down the pike? Uh, I can't promise any any of this. No, I uh, yeah. Trade offs maybe. Do I have any clothes? Like I never asked that. Do I have? Am I? Are there clothes <laughs> on my person? Are there clothes on that person? And I'll tell you why I'm asking these questions, and it's not for the reason you're thinking. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter, Ben. <laughs> you're asking some very valid questions and i don't know why i didn't think of them myself okay i will say this you both have clothes but just what you <coughs> excuse me just what you have on your back they don't wear out uh you just have a magical pair of you know magical pair of set of clothes that you're wearing both you and the other person that might might come to your island Okay, so here's the scenario then that I am going to take you through. I am choosing the annoying person. <laughs> but they will live with me on this island temporarily. Because what I'm going to do is this, the second they open their mouth and continue annoying me, if they don't learn their lesson, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Since, you know, there's no way of, there's no security cameras that I know of on this island. There's, for all I know, is I'm gonna die eventually, anyways. You know, there's there's no law out there. So what I'm gonna do is, as soon as this person does not learn to not annoy me, I'm going to take their clothes, gag them, tie them, and use other clothes that they have, and tie them to one of the palm trees that are there. And either the waves are going to, like, the tide's going to come in and they're going to drown or they're just going to die because I'm not feeding them any of my sandwiches. So they can, you know, I'll I'll rip a few pages out of the uh, out of some books I don't want, and, you know, blindfold them that way we don't see it coming, you know. That way they can't even look at me. I don't have to look at them, you know. It's, it's a situation where I just eliminate the problem and I get fired in turn. Maybe... Maybe even I put the fire a little close to the palm tree and the palm tree just catches fire. A, a horrible accident, Ben. A horrible accident, you know. Um, you know, that that's that's my decision. I'm sticking with it and uh, I'm proud of it. Believe it or not. Okay. I'm proud of it. And by the way, I can't stop that because I already made the offer. You asked about clothes. Uh, they ha You both have clothes. So I can't stop that. I you know, I consequences and repercussions, right? In the future, right? right? You know, I, right. I don't know, but I can't stop that. So you've made your choice here. You still have your food. You still have your, your games. You've yep. lost all your books. Um, I, I, I guess I, that's, that's fair. Okay. I, cause I, you know, I didn't put any clauses in there about that. Right. Right. I didn't. Yeah. So, okay. So you got your person. Yeah. They're one of the most annoying people you've ever met in your life. But you're willing to give them a chance, and if, if I, they don't I take will, that chance, I will, I will give them a chance. It won't. It might not be as long as you think, but you have to keep in mind, <laughs> even with the books and the games, you know, you can't escape it. You got to interact with them for what, like, probably eighteen hours out of the day, and if they're just incessantly annoying, I feel like a week. I mean. Uh, you know, seven times 18, that's what, like over a hundred, well over a hundred hours, 150 hours. 
<laughs> it's going to get annoying pretty fast. So you know what? <laughs> you you got you got time. You got time to prove yourself. But uh, if you don't, then you're not going to be living that much longer. I'm sure some of our listeners, that however many we still have left at this point, uh, are are telling us all <laughs> kinds of things, such as you're not giving them enough time, or you're giving them too much time, or oh, I already live with one of the most annoying people I've ever met in my right. life. You know, so, so. <laughs> I, I am I am interested though. Uh, what are you going to do? Let's. <laughs> <laughs> God. I, I got a note though. <laughs> And I apologize, to everybody. My 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 cough drops. My coffee have run out. Um, you let's assume this person didn't learn this lesson and some horrible accident befell them. A uh, horrible and, accident. <laughs> yes, it's very sad. But you no longer have your books. What are you doing for six and a half, seven months out of the year? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. So when this person. When this accident occurs to this person, I lose my books? Well, that's the trade-off, yes. In order to get the fire, you give up all the books. So wait, I need this person alive in order to have fire? No. Okay. With the very second you get fire, you lose all your books. Oh. That's part of the trade-off. I thought it was the trade-off. I either lose the books or I have this annoying person. No, unfortunately, it's but hey, fire. Fire's not cheap, man. Oh, fire's not cheap. No. Oh well, that changes things. That. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, I should I should have been more clear, but it was a path worth walking down anyway. So right. But, let's, but yeah, let's be clear because of whether I made it clear or not, I I did at least say it. If you take the fire, you lose the books, and this person shows up. Oh, I thought it was an either or. Mm. I'm sorry. No. Well, that changes. The fire is an either or. (laughs) Right. The fire is the either or. Thanks, Ben. Yes. (laughs) Not only do I lose my (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) And you think I should be grateful? A little, yes. I I could leave you with nothing. You you have things. You have choices. You have options. (laughs) Options? What options do I have? Well, you could live with this annoyed person or not. You could have your books or you could have fire. Like you got choices. Okay. The only the only way I would take this is if we were in the middle of playoff season <laughs> and there was promise of books in the future or movies or other for, forms of entertainment. Unless this person this person could learn. They could be a very nice person, a very cool person, who knows, you know, like possible. Very well. But um, the likelihood of that is very slim, I'm imagining. Um, so it as if I get a guaranteed promise of the books slash TV or movies questions or whatever later, at some point in the future, then I would take the deal. But until that happens, then then no. If I don't get the guaranteed, I'm not taking the fire. The best guarantee I can give is that there will be more forms of entertainment offered at some point, possibly with strings, possibly completely without strings. So these things are coming, but I can't say what or when or how much. Oh, is it the current time of year? Uh, let, let's go with that. Yeah, sure. How about okay, that? Okay, cool. so World Cup is still going on. I have three weeks until – or four weeks. I have about a month 
until the playoffs start for football. So that gives them a month tryout before I end up killing them. <laughs> or sorry, an, an accident happens. Horrible accident. Um, a horrible, horrible accident. Very sad, very tragic. Um, wait, you're pretty dang evil. You know that? Y'all might think I'm evil for wanting to kill the person. Ben's trapping another person on this island. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Listen, if they're that annoying, nobody else is going to mind, right? Wow. Wow, see, Ben went there. See, I'm putting them out of their misery. I'm doing them a service, <laughs> you know? And Ben's just like, you know what? Ben, ben is, like, overseeing this. I imagine he has, like, a small little, like, glass uh, ball or, like, you know, a glass ball that he's just looking into watching this terror take place. And he's just yeah, grinning the, the entire time. Sir, you that, are uh, evil. What's that Carrie movie? Uh, Truman. Uh... The Truman Show? Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what this is going to be? Wow. Okay. I, I, don't, I haven't cited, but at least there's, <laughs> yeah. At least somebody's watching over him. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think we've done enough damage here tonight. Yeah, this has been a crazy scenario. So I, I am taking the person. They have a month tryout. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's what's going on. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you did. If you're still here, I'm, I'm assuming you did. Um, please give us a rate review again on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, um, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can rate and review us. Hit us up on Twitter, add on some favorite. Please do that. Give us some feedback there. DM us, tweet us. We don't really care. Personal, our personal accounts, odds on favorite account, whatever. We'll take it. Um, we're probably going to be starting a segment. Me and Ben might stuff work out some things, but we're going to start a segment maybe on Twitter here soon. So keep your uh, eyes and ears peeled out for that. Um, other than that, have a great weekend of football and uh, see y'all next week. Bye, everyone.